755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. It is on the air now. Hey guys, glad to have you back on a new 755 is real. Producer Cam here with you. We'll get to David and Eric in just one moment where they answered your questions in real time on the Athletic app in the 755 is real live room. We love the participation. We love the turnout on Sunday evening. We hope to continue to do these hopefully on a weekly basis. If you have yet to be able to join a live room, make sure you follow David and Eric on Twitter at DOBrienATL and at EOWeb34, as well as subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts, in addition to YouTube, where we post our video shows. All those platforms are going to be the best way to find out when we are going to host a live room. As mentioned before, Fantastic questions in today's live room recording. William Contreras and the catcher situation after the young catcher had a great offensive performance. What did they do with him? Does he earn more playing time? The defensive outfield on the opposite end of the spectrum, not so good. What will the Braves do there to kind of ameliorate or rectify some of the problems that are going on on that end of the baseball? And also the Josh Donaldson fiasco. David and Eric provide their insights into that. So as always, thank you guys for supporting the show. We appreciate all the feedback and all the love for the series. And without further ado, here's David and Eric. All right, let's get started. John F. Hey, how you guys doing? What's Not going bad. on, John? Hey, guys. So I, um, I was made aware that, you know, uh, Chipper and Brumley aren't uh, with the organization right now due to vaccination stuff. And um, do you think that's part of the reason why we might be seeing Riley go through this extended slump? Those seem to be two of the guys that really kind of helped him through his funks last year. I know the balls are different, but, you know, even the opposite field singles, you know, flying open and stuff like that. It just seems like it's taking him a bit longer to rebound this year um, than last year. Uh, just wanted to get you guys thoughts on that and the overall hitting approach of the team without Chipper and uh, Brumley around. Thank you. Well, I don't think I would have I would have uh, agreed that it might be Brumley if Riley had had struggled like this at the beginning of the year. But if you recall, he was the only guy hitting early in the year. He was raking. And the other thing is, as he assured me during spring training, he can still has the same access to uh, Brumley that he had before, which was Brumley wasn't with the team. Uh, Brumley was in the minor league, so Riley would text him or email him or Brumley would do the same to him if he noticed something or if Riley wanted something to him to look at some video and blah, blah, blah. And when I talked to Riley at uh, spring training, he said that's not going to change. So Brumley can still work with him. It's not like he's prohibited from that. So I don't know that that would be a call. I would be more inclined to think, as Eric and I have talked about, he just had a kid for the first time. And uh, this has kind of coincided almost – exactly with him having a kid and being at home uh you know as as eric can tell you with having three kids you're not getting a lot of sleep so i i I would have to wait a little longer before i would say that riley's having and i'll ask austin uh point blank again if it as is is as he said it would be in spring training where he can still have that same access to Brumley, but i would be surprised if he doesn't so and what about chipper and his influence on the overall offense approach i mean it's hard to quantify because shipper was only with the team at home last year if you remember correctly he wasn't on the road at all um and he wasn't with the team in uh in uh the postseason because of the the vax thing so uh but there's no doubt he could he he was there to help people at home and and talk to guys and all that and 
you know, having that extra set of eyes is, is certainly uh, beneficial. And, and there were certain guys that he worked with better than others. And, and when they had three of those guys or four, um, they, uh, four hitting coach, they had, they had enough guys that one could, two could be at the cage. One could be at the indoor cage. One could be in a film room, all kind of simultaneously. So it's certainly, uh, it, at least when they're at home, it's, it's, it's probably, uh, makes it a little less, uh, a little more, a little more difficult to have as much one-on-one as it was when Chipper was there. Certainly. So, I, all right. I thank think you. They're missing Freddie is what I think. Uh, you know, just yeah. somebody getting yeah. that big knock. Yeah. I mean, he was just there day in, day out, year in, year yeah. out, carrying the offense in a way that, you know, maybe you don't appreciate when it's, it's a single to left and, and little hits like that. And, and he might not be hitting the three run homer or the grand slam, but you know, those big situations when you need a guy to step up, it seems like he always did. So that, that for me is something I see that's missing. And it, it's not saying somebody else can't jump into that role, but nobody's been able to yet. And I think that's just a result of kind of the pressure that's been put on the rest of the offense without him. And Eric and I have talked about this and I talked about it with some other guys too, is, is uh, it didn't always show up. Even when, even if Freddie was struggling, maybe at the start of the year or going through a slump during the, during the season, he was always, you could always count on him with those, with runners in scoring position. The, even if he didn't get a hit, you could count on him to have like a 10 pitch at bat where he's just fouling off, flicking the bat and fouling off and working a pitcher, working a pitcher and softening him up for that next guy. So, I mean, he was always doing that. Even when he struggled, he seemed like he was able to stay alive for extended quality at bats in those big situations. And they don't have anybody that does that like Freddie did. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, for me, what I see missing. All right. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Yep. Cole in. Cole, Hello, there? Cole with a K. Go ahead. Hey, what's up, guys? Not much. Um, just wanted to, uh, to ask, man, I mean, in a scenario where, you know, obviously the offense is struggling and things like that, what, you know, what kind of, uh, with the lineup that we have right now, what would be your, your scenario, I guess, that you would want to do one through nine with the guys that we have? And also, you know, what's up with Arcia, man? He's not getting any as bad as, as, you know, he was such a good little momentum shift. I felt like he was just doing something good, bringing something up to the plate and hitting things, you know, just hitting the ball hard. Yeah, I felt like there's not giving him that opportunity anymore. You know what? What would be y'all really y'all's uh, scenario for like a good line at one through nine for what we have right now? Well, I'm not one that gets. I don't really think that one that the lineup order matters a whole lot. I really don't. Um, uh, I love Acuna leading off. Obviously, I'd probably move Olsen down um, right now while he's hitting the way he is, and see if that might because he hit mostly third in Oakland. I don't know. That could it couldn't hurt to kind of move him around a little bit. Um, the big thing, I, I agree with you on Arcia, and I think Demerit's slump, he's come back to reality. I mean, this is not like outlier for Demerit. This is kind of the hitter he was, not the 0 for 29 that he's been with two strikeouts in six out of the last seven games. But his he's evening out for that incredible start that he had, which really wasn't him if you look at his track record. So uh, he's he hasn't had a hit. He didn't have a hit on the trip. He's striking out, you know, more than half the time or about half the time I would put Arcia in right field or in, put, or in left field and uh, uh, with Acuna out of the lineup in right field, I'd have, you know, Arcia or, or yeah, you do something, but to get Arcia in the lineup and then sit to merit for a while uh, and see if Arcia can do something. Because like you said, it's a guy that hits the ball hard and he's got some big hits. He had some big hits with Milwaukee, even in postseason. And, um, 
it, it certainly could not hurt right now to, to sit Demerit for a game or two and you know do something there. If you're not going to send him back, you can't really send him back because he's out of options. But uh, I, I'd give RC a go myself. But I'm not real huge on the on the order of the. I don't think there's a whole lot of obvious things that are wrong with the batting order. You know, I really don't. There's just nobody hitting hardly. Yeah. I mean, Dansby's hitting a lot better lately. Uh, some, but there's just nobody hitting. Yeah, and I mean, I see Snit. He's he is changing. Like he is switching it up. I mean, it's been like four days, four games in a row that he's put guys in different spots too. So yeah. I mean, I see him trying. You know, he's he's trying to find a groove of something, but I just it, yeah, it is. It's just a little frustrating to watch it. You know, it's with, a good uh, sign. Ozuna had some showed some real progress in the last week and a half, and that's big because he's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was he was really awful in the first month or so of the season, but he's hitting a lot better now and with the adjustment that he made. And Duvall made an adjustment, and it just hadn't really kicked in yet. You know, he's not he's uh, not producing anything yet, but uh, sites seem to be really encouraged by the adjustment that he made. But Ozuna's the one that's really stood out, and Dansby's hit a lot better lately. Not a couple of game bad games here in uh, Miami, but uh, I mean, there's some signs at least that things might be getting a little better. But you know, so far you got Acuna, and uh, you know, not much else right now that's uh, that's going well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is the month to to make a break, man. This is a really yeah. good month. I, I really am looking forward to. It's just it's just a matter of winning the series, winning the series, winning the series. Yeah, and they did win the series. It's bad, you yep. know. They won a series in Miami, and that's what they needed to do. And you got to remember the guy they faced today, Sandy Alcantara, is probably the most underrated great pitcher in the majors, and he's great, not good. He's great. This is one of the best ten pitchers in baseball, probably. Certainly one of the best five or six in the National League. And this guy went 115 pitches complete game today. Uh, I thought he was nasty. So I thought the Braves did what they needed to do against Miami, even though today's disappointing. Uh, that ninth inning rally fell short. But, I mean, if it wasn't for Aguilar, they wouldn't even have had that ninth inning rally. That guy, by the way, is the worst <laughs> defensive player in the National League, if not all of baseball. And that's not exaggeration. He's terrible. I love him, man. But he's getting really annoying. Every he's time he's terrible. on the TV, he's getting annoying with him mocking the Braves, man. It's probably Heredi or someone. It's just, it's too funny. Yeah, <laughs> he should never see anything but DH duties. I mean, he can still hit, but my God, he's bad off defense. Yeah, he tried to catch that pretty funny. It was weird. Like, he, he threw his glove at the yeah. ball. Like, it was weird. And he fell all over himself <laughs> trying to field that ground ball. Turn. I mean, it just he's he can't he can't do anything in the field. He's worse at first base than Gaddis was when we when the Braves tried Gaddis at first base and he couldn't catch a pop up. Gaddis was like a Gold Glover compared to Aguilar. <laughs> All right, Cole. Thanks for coming, thank you, brother. Uh, Ryan K. What's up, Ryan? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. What do you guys think? Uh, in the off season coming up here, do you think they'll you think they'll keep Dansby or do you think they'll go after someone else like Bogarts or maybe Correa if he opts out? That's a long way, man. You said the off season like it's coming right around the corner. <laughs> With um, Dansby, Dansby, just I don't think he's he's going to get a long term contract from the Braves. You know, I mean, if we're going on past uh, uh, the way they've operated, you would think that the ship might have sailed because if you're yeah. going to sign him. The time to do it was last year, you know, or yep. this off season at the latest. But there really isn't anything to gain, as we saw with Freddie. But that was a different circumstance, obviously. 
uh, you know, because they they were looking to see how much money they were going to have bounce back in revenues and all that. That's not really the case with Dansby. Um, there's nothing to be gained by the Braves waiting to try to sign him if that's what they plan to do. So that leads me to believe that they went into this year going, you know, in their heads thinking we're not going to re-sign him unless he has a real big year and shows us that he can be the guy because, you know, he hasn't been really consistent enough offensively throughout his career to warrant the kind of contract that I think he's going to ask for, you know, and he's got the same agent as Freddie and, you know, that, that didn't really set a good precedent, but I love Dansby in the field. You know, he might not win gold gloves, but he's a really good defensive shortstop and he's getting yep. better. He seems to get better where he might actually win a gold glove someday, but he's still not there. But offensively, he goes through peaks and valleys where he can look like a world beater one day and then just look lost for a week. So, I don't think he's established enough consistency to warrant a huge contract, and and that might be what he wants. And I, I I'm with you. There's going to be a couple of shortstops out there. There's not going to be a great class of them, but Correa probably out of their price range if he opts out. But you know, somebody like a Bogart, so, uh, you know, or they might do an Alex special where you sign one of these veterans to a one year or two year big deal like they gave JD as a bridge to Grissom because I think Grissom is the future at shortstop for the Braves. I've said that. What about Shoemake? Is he uh, is he close or not? He's a stud, man, but I don't know if he's a utility guy or an everyday shortstop. Uh, he could be close as a utility guy. I don't know that he's ready to to for shortstop yet, but uh, he might be better suited as a utility guy. I think it's still to be determined with him. All right. Thanks for your time, guys. Yep. You got it. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Christopher D. What's up, guys? How you doing? Uh, pretty good. Uh, quick question. Do you think at any point, given the way the outfield has been playing, that we see either Waters or potentially Harris? We talked about Harris. Yeah, I think uh, I think in the second half, or if you had injuries now, or just guys continue to be woeful, but I think he, they're, they're not going to rush him. And But I think if he keeps doing what he's doing, they bump him up to AAA – and he keeps raking there. I think we could see Harris around midseason, maybe, you know, early in the second half. Um, with the Waters, we've talked about him a ton of times. He's got to first show that he can stay healthy in AAA and produce regularly there. I, I don't think he's done anything to warrant a call-up just yet because he can't stay healthy, you know, with the hamstring and everything. So uh, if he does, we could see him because, you know, he's on the roster. So that's an easy move. Yeah, I think the reason the reason I said Waters was he's on the forty man, but yeah, the yeah, the, yeah. the, the hammy is like the hammy's the thing though because he comes back from hammy, yeah. he looks great, and then he gets hurt again. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. Yeah, it, it's hard to call a guy up that that's battling something too because if they're not fully over it and they strain it again in the big leagues, you're paying them big league money to sit on the bench, you know, or sit on the injured list. So I think that they'd want to see him fully healthy and producing before they consider that. That really makes sense. Yeah. Harris, you know, if they have to do that at some point, they will. I mean, Alicet has shown that he's not like uh, GMs they've had in the past, and he's not scared to make bold moves. But Harris is the top prospect in the organization, and, and they're not going to rush him and, and if they think it's at all detrimental to his development. And right now he's in double-A. He's raking in double-A, but they still, I think, would like to see him play at least some in triple-A. You know, Andrew Jones, when he when he got bumped up to AAA, he didn't last long there at all. He was raking and they brought him up to the majors. And I'm not saying he's he's Andrew Jones yet, but uh, 
because Andrew's numbers were just eye popping in his last year in the minors. They were ridiculous, you know, but uh, Harris is, is definitely not that far away. Yeah. I think the other thing was also just the defense, because I think we all can oh, say yeah. uh, Osuna in the left is not exactly ideal. And it'd be nice today when we can just cement him yeah. as the DH. Yep, it's a bad defensive outfield right now. Demerit's made some spectacular catches, but he's not particularly great out there either. Um, you know, so when Acuna's not in the lineup, it's it's a pretty bad. Uh, Duvall's is okay in center, but not nothing. He's no world beater out there either. And then Ozuna, yeah, he's uh, he made his best two throws of the year probably today. By the way, I don't know what got into him, but he actually made a couple of decent <laughs> throws today. But he's for the most part had some horrible throws. Thanks, guys. Yep. Evan T. Hey, can you guys hear me now? We can yeah. hear you now. Hey, I just maybe this had been discussed already, but I just wanted to ask about today if there was any sort of explanation that Snit gave for what happened there with bringing Anderson out again, only to see that get one run score and then immediately put in Chavez. Like, why not just start the inning with Chavez? And maybe Eric could speak to like what is the reasoning behind that? Maybe I just don't understand like how bullpens are managed, but that seemed really weird. Um, I'd have to have, I was driving, so I didn't see the inning play out, but if you explain it, I could probably figure it out for you. Well, he, he didn't think, he didn't think it, that uh, Ian was done. So he wanted to get as much length from him as he can, because as you saw, the bullpen is not really deep and strong right now from the fact that he brought in Jesse, but I mean, Ian starts the inning with a hit by pitch, but the previous inning, the previous inning, he had uh, he walked the guy, then retired three of the next four and got out of that. Well, he gave up a he gave up the RBI single that inning, but I mean, he didn't look like he was gassed to me. And then he comes out and hits the first guy and gives up a single. Or I'm sorry, gives up two hits to start that inning, and then yeah, that's that's why you send him out because you're trying to squeeze another inning from him. So then he gives up, you know, back to back singles, and you know, right, a I lot just of told times. him. And that error on the on the throw from Darno, it wasn't a bad throw, I didn't think, but it was kind of just Ozzy was kind of stumbling back. It looked like, and it kind of short hop second base, but it wasn't like it was a terrible throw. But that was really costly because he went from first to third on that. I mean, who knows how the inning would go? But I didn't think he looked gassed. Did you? Well, I just going through the fourth time through the order at that point, like he was his pitch count was already really high. It it just seems strange. I guess it makes more sense with that. There's not an off day tomorrow. I guess it makes right, more sense right. in that context. Yeah, you're, yeah, because that's what he's making all these decisions with the fact in mind that they've got 17 games in 17 days. They're only three games into that. And the Philly series is big, obviously, and they want their bullpen rested. They didn't want to use those guys if they didn't need to tonight. So. Yeah, I think that probably explains it. Snit is is always kind of cautious to overly cautious with those relievers. Yeah. Anyway, just appreciate it. Appreciate the show. Appreciate you guys do. Thanks again. You got yeah. it. Thanks. Matthew T. Yeris. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. So my question is about Contreras, and I know that like Ozuna, like the priorities to get him out of left field, but is there is there anything like that can is is he basically going to be overly complicating the whole like outlook for catcher because I know that like Darno signed that extension and brings leadership qualities and really is a really good hitter as well. But what are they going to do with Contreras? Like, I think the guy just needs more playing time. I feel like everyone would agree with that. Yeah. Eric, you want to go or I'll go. 
I mean, you. this is how you work yourself into more playing time. I mean, it worked pretty well with Flowers and Darno splitting a lot more innings. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he's had some good offensive games lately. Um, I don't know how the pitching staff feels about him behind the plate. And, and that's a huge factor in it. You know, if you can, you feel okay with a backup guy catching once or twice a week here and there. Um, if the staff is okay with him, if they love him, he'll probably start getting more, um, appearances, but it, it's also hard because they're both right-handed, you know, so it's not like, there's this easy layup matchup where you're facing right. righty today and you go with the lefty. It's kind of, you know, it's a little more complicated in, in that sense. And it's not like Darno sucks with the bat. And I know the guys like him behind the plate. Here's the thing. They, they like Contreras a whole lot more now behind the plate. He's really gotten pretty good back there and he's gotten yeah. more confident before he was kind of, you know, timid, he, you know, he speaks, it's, it's, he doesn't speak English. So with some of the, some of the pitchers, there's that obvious, uh, uh, there's, there's, you got to get over that. But I mean, it's hard for a young guy to come up and, and be uh, catching veteran pitchers and take control yeah. of a pitching staff. But he's gotten really good, a lot better with that in the last year and asserting himself. So all the guys have complimented him this year. And I really do think they like pitching to him now, especially the young guys who pitched to him. A lot of them pitched to him in the minor leagues. So that's not a problem anymore. Here's the thing to keep in mind. They would never say this, and I don't want to curse the guy. But look at Darno's track record. This is a guy that's been hurt throughout his career. He couldn't stay healthy with the Mets. He got a right. whether it's a freak injury or other injury, injuries happen, especially the catchers. And there's a pretty good chance that Darno is going to go up miss time on the DL at some point this year. And when that happens, Contreras is going to be the number one guy. So, I mean, there's a real good chance that he could end up catching a lot this year. It doesn't complicate things as much as you say these things usually, as they say, work themselves out. Yeah. The other thing is, the other thing is, if 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 they both keep this up, Darno has a good year, solid year, stays healthy. Contreras keeps doing what he's doing. There are a lot of teams that would be interested in getting Darno in a trade in the offseason if they came to that, and they really wanted Contreras to take over next year. It would not be hard to move that contract that Darno's got. Yeah, I agree. Awesome, appreciate it, guys. Yeah, thank you. And Payne has already signed for next year too, so. You've already got your backup if they, if they wanted to do that, if they did want to. And I'm not saying they're talking about moving Darno because they haven't, but they could easily if right. they needed to, right. or they wanted to. I agree. Jeremy P. Hey, guys. How we doing? Good. You? Pretty good. Um, Dave, just want to make a comment. There's uh, There's not many things better than going on your Twitter feed after a Braves loss. <laughs> it's, it's great, great stuff. And um, just, just wanted to, I just wanted to share that. Um, I thought you were getting so ready to cut me out. I thought you were getting ready to cut me out. We're gonna have to mute you. <laughs> so, so for all the for all the sky is falling Braves fans uh, out there, if I gave you a multiple choice between uh, World Series hangover. Uh, f- the loss of Freddie Freeman and everything he brought to the team and just a, uh, and uh, not filling in uh, a key position, like an outfielder or a starting pitcher, what would you say is, what would you give as the biggest reason for the Braves slow start? I'm going to go I'm with D, go all of the all above. above. <laughs> that was the easy yeah. way out. What, yeah. what do you say, Eric? Well, I think Freddie, 
you know, I mean, I read an article the other day about him and how the effect he's having on Dodgers hitters and a drill yeah. he does that's getting them hitting the ball the other way. And it's, you know, he's got yeah. three or four guys just following him around the clubhouse and trying to get on his routine. Um, I, I just think, you know, that there's stuff you can't measure. And I think he brought a lot of it for a long time and it can be taken for granted. And, you know, even when it happened, me and Dave said, you know, shit, Olsen is about the only way you could have done this. And it's, yeah. you know, viewed as not a, a terrible failure, but if you're Olsen, it's really hard to come into a new clubhouse and have that impact. You know, you're trying to get your footing team and he might not. Yeah. Maybe he's not that guy. So I, I think that's something that they've really missed is, is just having that just solid three hole hitter. That's their two hole last year, but just a guy that just always seems to come up with the big knocks and always knows what to do and always shows up to play every day. I mean, it's something they could be really missing. I try, I try to uh, measure my audience and, 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 and kind of keep some of this stuff to myself or just talk to Eric or talk to other writers about it or whatever. But let me just say that there aren't many guys in the major leagues that had, and I said this before, when, when it looked, when it first looked like maybe the, the Braves wouldn't re-sign Freddie because I couldn't believe it until like mid-season that it was even a possibility. Uh, Eric believed it before I did, that's for sure. But we said at the time, I, I said I didn't think there were more than two or three teams that had one player who would have had a bigger impact or had a more profound loss losing that guy as the Braves losing Freddie Freeman. I mean, in all the major leagues, there's only like two or three teams that have a player like that, that you took him out. You just cut out the core uh, of your team and try to replace him. And I think we're seeing that. They would never say it uh, or for the record. You know, because guys don't want to say, you know, yeah, we miss him. Or in the front office would never say they made a mistake or whatever and let him go. But I, I just think I agree with Eric. Uh, it's had a huge impact. Yeah. yeah. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks yeah. for coming. Cole wants to come back up. We got a question. Guys, is any trade ideas too early? All right, Cole, you're the last guy. <laughs> All right, man. Um, to be honest with you, um, I really don't have a question. I just wanted to join in. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, uh, What's no, up, uh, Cole? Man, I'm going to go down and get some tacos at Coyo Taco, man. It's going to be <laughs> um, what, what I was going to say, I didn't even get your your uh, one through nine. What would you like, Eric, for the for the lineup? Like, if you're, well, if you're a manager, what would you well, like? Well, I mean, it's just tough right now. That's just like, you know, what pitch would you throw when all your pitches suck that day? You know, it's kind of like, I feel like there's a lot of guys trying to, trying to get right. And that's some of that pressure I'm talking about is somebody's got to hit in the four hole. And yeah. I don't know if anybody's really feeling like a four hole guy right yeah. now. So, so you need somebody to step yeah. up. And it's, it's kind of like that throughout the lineup. The only guy that's, you're not moving or playing with is Acuna. Yeah. yeah. And, Half the time when you see these lineup changes, you know, a manager might say he has a reason for it, but yeah, you just shake things up and then something sticks. They're trying you know, something everything. works, team gets hot, and you leave them there. But I think the only thing you really can do is just kind of keep shaking it up and talking to guys and see where they want to be and how they're feeling. Yeah, yeah. and it matters to lefty-righty, obviously. That Some of the things <clears> on that, too. They don't have the kind of lineup where you can just put everybody in there because – you know, regardless of whether it's left or right. It's too bad that Ozzy is not hitting like Ozzy because, yeah. you know, that would be yeah. a good guy to put in the two hole if he was hitting like he normally does. But for whatever reason, he's just not hitting this year like he has in the past. He's not hitting mm -hmm. the balls hard. 
Um, I, yeah, with as much authority from either side, but uh, that would be the real good guy to put behind Acuna. And really, I think they could spark the team like they did in the past when those guys, you know, the first couple of years up, the both of them, that, yeah. that that energy they had off of each other, if they hit behind each other in the order, you know, that could do something. But Ozzy's got to get going before he can before you can count on him to do something. Like if he that. was so, if he was still struggling, you think that he would ever go righty full time? Maybe get back well, in the group. You know, I mean, it's every time I've asked that, which has been, you know, every year, I haven't asked this year, but if asked for the last two, three years, the thing is always, the answer always is he's not nearly as valuable just hidden from one side. Yeah. Because, you know, and, and, and the other thing is, as Eric can tell you, when you have, when you've been switch hitting since, uh, you know, you got to the minor leagues, all of a sudden you're asking a guy to face Major league breaking balls from from same from, side from same side, which he's never done. And Makes if it was something you were going to do, it would be certainly something you'd have to do in the off season and work into. You would not do that in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even then, he'd have to focus his whole off season. You know, yeah, right. from just righty breaking balls. You know, just set up a machine. Yeah, um, it, it's something that you know. I mean, it's it's tough to do in the minors, and those guys don't have the best the same type of control and quality breaking balls. It's it's a huge adjustment to try to make. There's been guys in the past that have kind of toyed with it, but um, I think it's a really hard, and I played with a guy, Mike Wilson with the Mariners that was a switch hitter and he wound up making it to the major leagues as, as a right-handed hitter only. But I mean, he had a whole, his whole career and slider down and away from a righty because he just, he always had an out. He could always just go to the other side of the plate and let it come to him. Yeah. And then he took that away. It wasn't, he wasn't ever, able to really conquer right-handed pitching. Yeah. I, mean, I think mm-hmm. people, but people see Ozzy rake from one side and they think that, you know, if he just started hitting from that side only, he'd be raking all the time, but it's not that easy. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> no, I mean, the whole thing in switch hitting is where the ball's coming from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't all be Chipper Jones. You know, it takes a long time <laughs> for some guys to really get proficient at it if they ever are, but you know, yeah, you don't want to make that, and that's kind of one of those last resort moves you'd make when you're just going, okay, it's just not getting any better from this side. But as long as he's competent at all, from once you you prefer to keep him that way, but, mm-hmm. but you know, it's Absolutely. been discussed. I mean, they talked about it, but so far they really haven't gotten close to doing it. So I was going to say, I was like, it must have been brought up at some point. Yeah, like, it's brought up. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Every time he takes an offer from the left side, he <laughs> brings it up to himself. You know, I mean, those are the questions you ask yourself. Yeah. Yeah, because it's such a frustrating game. But then he'd go face some righty sliders and be like, I think I can figure out this lefty swing. Nice. Yeah. And he's never complained or said, you know, I I really he's never gone to him and said, I really need to hit, you know, just from one side. He hasn't said that. So nice. Hey, how's how's Rosario doing? I know he's been out for such a long time, but have you had anything like how his eyes doing and stuff like that? No, but they I didn't expect any updates on it because it's only been what three weeks and they said it was a eight to twelve week recovery. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I got that. You can rush. It's not one of those you can rush. It's not like other injuries. I mean, this is eyes and laser surgery, so he's not gonna have a miraculous hearing but a miraculous healing. But uh Snit said, you know, he was at the ballpark last week on the homestand, and uh, so he's able to get up and move around and do stuff before, you know, he had, like, complete rest. I think he had to be, like, face down for a while. Um, so, but they could certainly use him. That's another big blow. I mean, we didn't talk about that. I know he was struggling before, 
but I think his struggles were all based on this. I mean, yeah. I, I think it was hot bother, probably bothering him since spring training and he just tried to gut through it and get on you know, and, and, and pretty amazing that he didn't strike out a ton, even yeah. when, when he had this hole in his eye or whatever it was that he That's was able to was. Even make eye con- that he was even able to make contact. It's pretty amazing because you can't, obviously it's his right eye. He couldn't even see the spin on the ball, you know, to, to know what the hell the pitches were much less. He probably couldn't even pinpoint exactly where the ball was. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Damn. Damn. He struck out a lot less than a lot of the guys on the team this year. He was in the ball hard, man. Yeah, I just wanted to know, like, is he even around? Like, is he even popping up? I know it's going to be 8 to 12 weeks, but it's just like, I know he had posted, like, something on Instagram. I was like, oh, this guy, he's getting loose, he's getting loose. <laughs> All right. Appreciate you guys, man. Yep. For what you Thanks guys for do, coming man. on. Thank you, All right. Thanks. David F., how you doing? We're good. How are you? Gotcha. Good. Um, hey, on behalf of uh, Washington Braves fans everywhere, appreciate having you on our uh, side of the country. Um, Thank you. Hey, uh, coming back to that Dansby thing, man, when I see him having the same agent as Freddie and they didn't get anything done, I mean, how much is, a, is using an agent where, where things kind of fell apart last year, how much is that a detriment to any effort to try and get him back? Well, you'd hope it's not, you know, you, you hope your agent can be a pro and not have a you know vendetta against the team and, and want to prove something. When I look at Dansby's you know, situation, it's, it's like Dave said, letting him get to this point, he's going to want to go out and play and, and see what's out there. Um, so yeah. I, I don't, I don't see him signing anything before the season's over, but the scenario where I could see him coming back is if he does have a down offensive year, yeah. And he can't, and he can't ask for 20 million or 25 million a year. He's got to take 10 to 15 because for me, he's a really good quality shortstop and he can carry his weight with the bat too. So I don't, I wouldn't see a reason not to resign him if you get a realistic deal. But if he hits 30 homers, you know, somebody's going to pony up. So it's, it's kind of a situation where it has to play itself out now because they're probably pretty far apart. Well, when it does, I mean, you, you think Dansby or Trey Turner, I mean, which one are you signing? Well, Trey Turner's going to cost eighty-five billion, so <laughs> probably, probably better buy some more swag, huh? Yeah, yeah. If you had, if it was a choice between the two, I mean, but same I price. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's just been—he's lit us up for years, yep. and I just love to have him with the tomahawk on his chest. Oh yeah, that's one of those that. guys you sign just so he stops beating you. Yeah, there you go. Nice to add that speed to um, what is already fast team. Hey, before we go, I did see a, a Kelly M asked on the thing. I see. And, and I, I was wondering if this would come up. It's not Braves, but still, former Braves. What about Donaldson? Was he was it Anderson or not? Man, that was ugly, dude. I, yeah. I, you know, Josh. It knowing Josh, getting to know him for the year that he was here, I'm not surprised in that. I'm not saying he's racist. I'm saying that he is capable of saying something dumb like that, reckless, without understanding. Yeah. That that's going to get out, dude. You might have been innocent, and one of the because you know, it, 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 you could tell people. Oh, he's just spewing. I mean, he's always just saying random shit all day long, and right. I, I, I look at it and try to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I, you know, you kind of think, how could you not know that that's going to be taken that way? But right. I try to give him the benefit of the doubt that he just says random shit to every single person, and and yep. maybe didn't think about it. But it's, it's a bad look. Yeah, Erica, you could. 
man, if you could tell people, because we don't want to do it, but the stuff that's said in locker rooms and on fields is so politically incorrect. Oh, God. But, yeah. But guys if you put a mic in a clubhouse. <laughs> right. But guys understand that it's usually joking and all that. In this case, him and him and him and Tim have gone back and forth. Yes. So that's not the guy you want to say it to because he already don't like, he doesn't like you, you know? Yeah. And then you're going to say something like that. And it's going to cause a fight and people are going to ask what happened. Well, he's not going to bite his tongue and not and not say what happened. And then you're just going to look in the real world. What you said sounds terrible. Yeah. In the real world. And now that's in the real world. And people are going, he said, what? You know, and in the baseball world, it probably it really wasn't that huge a deal. But I'm not and I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying a lot of politically incorrect things get said. But that was just a dumb time to say something like that. And, yeah, I, and I think it'd be different if it was a teammate that you were having beers right, with every exactly. night. And he's he's saying exactly. some questionable things to you back. And, you know, you kind of have this relationship where it's anything goes. But to, to yeah. go out on that limb and expect somebody to be cool with it, you know, that you've already had beef with is, is kind of wild. Yeah, you can't get I and mean, you can't say that kind of shit these days, man. I mean, it's not right. You know, how else is he going to supposed to take that? And, and he tried to explain it away by being so an interview that he did years ago where he called himself you know, kind of a modern-day Jackie Robinson for the effect it's having on the game. Okay, well, that's not your place to call him Jackie. If another black dude wants to call him Jackie, you know, okay. Yeah. You know, and, and bust his balls for it, but not you, dude. Nuh-uh. That just looked bad. It looked bad. Yeah, not his, not his best moment. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, and, and not a good place to do it. Not that there's any good place to call him that, but, you know, in New York, come on. <laughs> not that there's anywhere to do that because it was just wrong. But anyway, so there you go. All right. Uh, really appreciate it, guys. Eric, you want to sign us off here? Yeah, we're done. Thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll do this again next week. And uh, it's been fun. We'll see you guys. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate it.